In Philemon chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ, enjoin thee that which is convenient. Yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever." Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me. But now, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he has wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But with will prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus and Aristarchus and Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the reading of your word. God, thank you for the good singing, the testifying, God, this good spirit that you have here with us today. God, we thank you for it. But Lord, we're asking for you now to help me be able to preach. God, keep me out of the way, and may you be seen invisible. God, do a mighty work in our hearts today. May we leave this service realizing just what a mighty God that we serve. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, this small book of the Bible, but a very large um, uh, dealing here of things that God has given us. The human penman, of course, being the Apostle Paul, being divinely inspired by God through the Holy Spirit, penned these words down to his friend here as the, the book is, is named after him, Philemon. Uh, I say Philemon, some people say Philemon, I've heard uh, uh, some say it even different ways. I believe I even looked up the Greek, and I'm not one of those Greek people. I don't go around telling you what the Greek says, because King James already tells us. But in Greek, it it says it's pronounced Philemon, and that sounds kind of like a steak to me, but uh, I like uh, uh, Philemon. And so his name actually means one who kisses or one who is friendly. And so I'm glad of that this morning that... 
Paul has a, has a friend like this. But Philemon, by all indications, was a friend of Paul's. He was a fellow laborer in Christ. He obviously is a Christian, and, and he's probably well off. He has um, servants and uh, that he's able to, to have there. He has a church in his own home, and uh, Archippus is mentioned being there. So he lived in Colossae, as far as we can tell. Now, Paul, according to the, to the way it reads, Paul is in prison at the time, uh, probably a prison in Rome, and he makes mention of being a prisoner of Jesus Christ as well, and I know that uh, he was glad of that. Uh, there's a very special reason Paul is writing this letter. And that's what we're looking at this morning. Paul spends those first nine verses greeting Philemon and exhorting him. Then in verse 10, he brings up the reason for the letter. Now, I do like how Paul uh, introduced this letter. And, you know, we don't write letters much anymore. We seem to text or email and uh, the, the, the art of letter writing has almost disappeared today. And, uh, you know, I miss it. Uh, I think that it was more personal. Nowadays, people can just put, put something down in the text or in the email, and it just doesn't seem very personal. And, uh, but to see somebody has taken time to write to you and, and actually pin those words down. And Paul is writing down all these things that he believes about his friend Philemon. And, and boy, it sounds like he's a great man. Paul has great trust and confidence in him. And here he's, he's talking about hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus. And so this man is a, is a good Christian man, as far as we can tell from the Scripture. But then in verse 10, Paul cuts to the chase of what he's wanting to uh, get through here. He said in verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. Now, we know, of course, nowhere in the Bible does it show us that Paul was married or had children of his own, but we know he often called these men that he mentored in the ministry as sons. Uh, he, as he wrote in First and Second Timothy, his dear uh, Timothy, his son in the faith, his beloved, and so he called Timothy that, his son. He called Titus his son. And so men that Paul had come alongside, and I'm thankful for men like Paul that we can come up alongside and learn and, and uh, be encouraged by. Uh, when I was uh, first in the ministry, my pastor, Jamie Porterfield, he was such a, a blessing to me as he helped me along. He would show me how to do things and, and the right things to say and, and all this to make sure that I wasn't getting off track, and I'm thankful for that. He had been in, in the ministry for quite a while, and so it's helpful to have a Paul in your life when you're coming up as our young preacher. A lot of these preacher boys just sit on the, on the pews of the church and they never get up and preach and, and just uh, hoping one day that they're going to get the opportunity to get behind the, the pulpit of that church that has a, a couple of thousand people in it. And likely they never will. What you got to do is just get out and start, uh, just start preaching. Uh, I preached to the cows when I first started. I sat on the fence post out on, over the field and I preached to the cows. Uh, when I'm driving to work, I preach to people in cars going down the interstate. I was preaching hard, too. <laughs> but uh, you'll take the opportunities God gives you. Uh, I never had to go beat a door down to get an invitation to pastor or preach. Uh, they came to me. God would open that door. And so uh, this son Onesimus, this is one Paul has mentored, uh, mentored and he has uh, uh, brought him up in the faith. And for whatever reason, he's there with Paul at the prison. I don't believe he's a prisoner. 
Uh, but Paul was allowed from time to time to have people come in and uh, to help him out and to stay with him. He would have guests and helpers, and that's most likely what Onesimus is doing there at, at Paul's prison. And verse 11 says, Which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Now, I mentioned here not too long ago about the importance of names. And I told you what my name meant, and uh, Brother Jim won't let me forget about it. My name means uh, uh, the cow sheds, is what that means. So, um, But in that day, uh, these names were important. Onesimus uh, was an important name, and his name uh, actually means profitable, is what his name uh, defines himself as. And so when somebody would look at this man, uh, and his name was Onesimus, they said, well, he's a profitable guy. He's someone that would be good to have around, but this Onesimus was not at the time. And so uh, he's been unprofitable, according to Paul, when he's writing there to Philemon. He says he uh, was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Um, Onesimus once was a slave that was owned by Philemon, and for whatever reason, he had, he had escaped, he'd ran away, whatever it was, and uh, he had obviously taken something. We don't know what it was. It could have been money. Most likely was. But he had taken from his master and had ran away. And uh, sometime after running away, he meets up with the Apostle Paul. Uh, he may have known Paul from the times that he'd been there in the home of his master. And maybe he sought him out. I, I don't know. All I know is what the Bible tells us. I'm not going to embellish it. The Bible is, is great enough on its own. And so... Uh, he comes to Paul, and um, it's under Paul's teaching, no doubt, and preaching, that he comes to faith in Christ. He understands he's a sinner lost and bound for hell, that he can't save himself, that he needs a Savior. He repents of his sins and turns toward the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And that's the way we're all saved, by the way. If you got saved some other way, you didn't get saved. That's the way you get saved, is, is to realize and know that you're a lost sinner. And that Jesus, you got to believe in the plan of salvation, that Jesus came here, died on the cross, and he was buried, and he rose again in three days, just like Scott sung about in that song. He rose again in three days. If you can believe the finished work of Christ on the cross and believe that he is your Savior, friends, that's all we got to do. The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. So we're all saved the same way, and no doubt here Onesimus was saved the same exact way. Verse 12 says, whom I have sent again. Thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. Philemon had every legal right to do whatever he wanted with this slave. Uh, Paul could have sent him back in chains. He could have sent him back with some guards and said, send him to his master and he can do whatever he wants to to him. The Romans had no problem with, with the masters, go ahead and just kill the slave. Uh, for taking money or whatever it was. They might have branded them in the face or uh, any kind of punishment that he saw fit they could do. There were over 60 million slaves in the, in the Roman Empire during that time period. They were always afraid that the slaves might rise up and go against everything, you know, and it'd be chaos. And so any time there was a chance to prove uh, a point to the slaves, they would take it. And so uh, Philemon had every right, if he wanted to, to go ahead and punish... Um, Onesimus, he could have had him killed, but uh, Paul is, is pleading his case. He's making this case for Philemon to have mercy on Onesimus. 
That word that he says there, he says, mine own bowels, that little phrase, bowels. Uh, we usually don't see that word used in the same way the Bible uses it. When the Bible uses it, it's typically referring to someone's heart or their, their inner being, the, the, the affection and tenderness when you see that word bowels being used. And so uh, it's not talking about Pepto-Bismol here. Uh, Paul wants him to know just how important this man is to him. He wants to kind of uh, shine the light on him so that uh, his master understands this is not a small matter, Paul's asking here. It's a great matter. Verse 13, Whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. So Paul, he's wanting Philemon to see that Onesimus would be very profitable for him to keep there himself. You know, instead of being your slave, I'd like him to be my slave, but not in, in bonds like that, but in the gospel. I want him to go along with me and teach and preach and, and tell people about Jesus and help out in the ministry. I, I, I'd love to do that. But I, I want you first. Uh, I want your will to be done first because he belongs to you. And so uh, a greater good could be done if, if uh, Philemon will forgive this man and take him back in. And Paul knows that. Verse 14, he says, But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly. So Paul doesn't really want Philemon to just do this because he asked him to. He wants him to do it because he wants to. He wants to willingly accept this man back in, forgive this man, and uh, uh, take care of him. And uh, But, you know, for all uh, intents and purposes, just because Paul asked, he, he probably should have done it anyway. I mean, we're talking to the Apostle Paul here. Why would you not want to do whatever Paul asked you to do? You know what a great man in the faith he was, and no doubt uh, he's been sitting under his preaching and teaching for uh, quite some time. And so just out of, out of respect for Paul, he, he probably should have just accepted him. Uh, but Paul wants him to do it out of his own willingness. And that's always best uh, when you're willing to do something. I don't like people to force something on me. I want to be willing to accept it. And so if you want me to accept something, come to me and lay out the case and let me decide on my own. Don't say, you're going to accept this. Uh, I don't take to that very well. And so Paul don't want, want that to happen. He wants uh, his friend Philemon to be willing to take this man back in. Verse 15 for perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Now Paul makes even a bolder request here. He not only wants this man to take this slave back, he wants him to forgive him, wipe the slate clean, not only that, but to no longer be a slave. He wants him to be a family member. He wants him to take him in like his own son or his own brother, an old, an old family member, an own heir is what he wants. No longer a servant, but a brother. That means that he would have every right the family has. He's not going to stay out there in the slave quarters and, and uh, take, take commands and, and do you know what has to be done, but he's going to be treated like a family member. Verse 17, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him. As myself, well, Paul here is using, you know, his his uh, his his friendship with this man, 
just uh, you know wanting him to understand that this is very important to me. He says, if you you know thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. And so Paul not only wants him to forgive him, to no longer be a slave, to be a family member, but to treat him like he would Paul. In other words, he's saying, Philemon, I want you to treat this slave that that ran away, that stole from you. I want you to treat him like you would treat me. And so he he knows that's asking a big a big thing there. Verse eighteen: If he has wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou oughtest unto me, even thine own self. Besides, and so now we get to the heart of the the message of the book of Philemon. If you miss this part right here, you've missed the entire thing. You might as well have not even come this morning if you missed this part. Look at verse 18 again. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. Look, the, the book of Philemon is really not just about a slave. That's not the, 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 the whole run of it. Uh, the whole book is centered around and upon God's wonderful grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, and his love. That's what the whole book is centered around. Paul right here is acting as a type of Christ in this situation. I like to look for types in the Bible. I often do that, and I'll mention it, but... Paul is a, is a type of Christ here. He's uh, being an intercession between these two men, an, an interceder. And so he's performing that office that Christ performs for us. When you get saved, the Lord Jesus, you know, when he, when he ascended up into heaven, the Bible says he sat on the right hand of the Father and he makes intercession for us. And so Paul is kind of taking that role that Christ has with us when we get saved, that when we come there and, and we've sinned and we come before God, uh, God doesn't see the sinner there in us, but He looks at His Son, and His Son intercedes for us. And He says, Father, He belongs to Me. She belongs to Me. They are forgiven. I shed My blood for them, and they belong to Me. Father, forgive them. And so through Jesus Christ, our intercessor, we have access to God. We can come boldly before the throne of grace because Christ is our interceder. And so... Here Paul is acting in that office, a mediator between the slave and his master. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 5-6, through 6, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, that man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be, a, be testified in due time. Oh, friends, I know I, I pick on the Catholic, Roman Catholics a lot, and, and I, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, and I do believe that uh, many of the, of the Catholics are saved, but they have a wrong ideology, they have a wrong doctrine when it comes to uh, things like this. They believe they can go to some man that sits behind a little picket fence and confess their sins, and that man is the one that intercedes with them. But no, we don't need that man in a box. We don't need a pope in a box to go and, and confess our sins to. We have Jesus Christ. He's our mediator. We go directly to Him. I don't have to take to a third party. I don't have to go around or anything like that. I just go to Him and say, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus. He's the one that says, Father, He's forgiven. He's forgiven. Thank the Lord we have Jesus as our mediator. We would not have a chance without Him. 
You know, Jesus said in John 8 and 34, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Sin puts us in bondage. It makes us a slave. We're slave to our sin, especially that sin that so easily besets us. We become a slave to it. And and it's constantly nagging at us. And the Lord here says that whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. We don't want to serve sin. And if you've been saved today, you you no longer have to serve sin. Uh, We become new creatures in Christ, the Bible says. That old man that wants to battle with us, we've got to just punch him right in the face and say, no, not today, not today. The Bible also says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means, my friend, before you were saved, you were an Onesimus. You were unprofitable. You were just as like him, a a runaway, thieving, lying, sinning uh, creature if you have not been saved today. We had no rights before we got saved. We were slaves, bondage. We were not heirs. We were not brothers or sisters in Christ before we got saved. I'm I'm very, uh, you know how I like to call uh, our church family, I call you brother this or sister that. It's because we all belong to the same family, the family of the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't say that to people I meet that I don't know if they're a Christian or not. I don't call them a brother or sister because I don't know if they are. If they're not saved, they're not. And so they can be our friend, I guess, but uh, they're not a brother or sister unless we're saved. And so may I say to you this morning, if you still have not been saved, you are still a slave. You're still an Onesimus. Uh, not only are you, are you a slave to sin, but you're also stealing the praise and sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ who came here and shed his blood for you. You're trampling and spitting upon the blood of Jesus. As long as you're putting off salvation, as long as you're denying Christ and his finished work on the cross, friends, you're stealing his praise and his glory. By all rights, Onesimus should have been chained up, sent back to his master, made to repay what he'd stolen, and, uh, you know, he, he probably branded By all rights, we also should have been branded a sinner. We should have been in chains. There's not a one under the sign of my voice today that doesn't deserve to be in hell with our back broke. But the day that we realized we were lost, the day the Holy Spirit came and convicted our heart that we needed a Savior, Friends, that day that we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we received Him. The Bible says to receive Him. Why? Because He has a gift for us. The Bible calls it the free gift. The free gift of salvation. He's simply holding it out to us to say, Here it is! For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so He gives us the gift of salvation. He says, Here it is, sinner. Take it from me. It's yours. All we have to do is believing in Christ, repenting of our sins, and turning to Jesus and say, Yes, I'll take the gift. It's mine. It's mine forever. He doesn't come back and say, Nope, you sinned again. doesn't work that way. A gift is something you give someone. You don't expect payment for it. You don't expect it back. It's theirs forever. If you got something for Christmas this year, did somebody come back to you the next day and say, hey, you know that gift I gave you yesterday? I want it back. We don't do that. And God doesn't do that either. 
These that believe that you can be saved and lost, you know, again and, and re-saved and lost again every time you sin. There's some believe today that if you sin without immediately repenting of it, that, that you're lost again. Friends, if God is, is big enough to save us, He's big enough to keep us. And so there's none of us today that deserved anything else. But by faith, we trusted Christ as our Savior. And suddenly we went from being a slave, condemned, and, and, and uh, facing punishment. We went from that to being an heir. Yeah, a joint heir with Christ. We have all the same things that Christ has waiting in store for us. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, those things which He's prepared for us. Friends, one day we're going to see these things. I can't even imagine. My brain, my, my mind is too tiny, too small to even imagine the things that God has got us up there prepared for us. We spend so much time down here worrying over things and fretting and do we have the best of this and the best of that? Do I have what my neighbor's got and all that stuff? It means nothing. One of these days, all that stuff's going to just burn. That stuff's going to be rusted and, and moths are going to eat it up. But we need to store up ourselves treasures in heaven, the Bible says. Forget all this nonsense down here. It's not important. So the day that we were convicted, we placed our faith in Christ, is the day that we become profitable. No longer unprofitable. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. Galatians 4, 3 through 7. He says, Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I'm so thankful for that today. An heir through Christ. You know, last Sunday, Sister Darlene, she beautifully sang a song called I'm a Child of the King. She stood up and sung that, and as she sung those words, Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows through my veins. I who was wretched and poor now can say, Praise God, praise God. Our anthem this morning, if you're saved today, Praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the King. I'm not bound for hell. I'm not unprofitable. I'm not an Onesimus. I am bound for glory. I'm bound for heaven. Oh, friends, if, if we just only understood how wonderful this is. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed in, into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We don't have to hide and, and creep up to the throne of grace. We don't have to go around and try not to be seen. We don't have to come up apologetic and to the throne of grace. The Bible says we go up there boldly. We stand there because we have all rights to it. Because God our Father through Jesus Christ, we are heirs 
And so when we come before him, he says, that's my son. That's my daughter right there. We don't have to do anything else but come boldly. Father, not proudly, boldly. Realizing that we have a place right there. Again, in John 8, 34 through 36, the Bible says, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Friends, we are free through Jesus Christ. Too many of us get bound down in our past, our past sins, and the one that's not forgiving us for those are ourselves. Listen, if you, uh, the Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so we can go before Him. Father, I've sinned, forgiven. Through my blood, you're forgiven. Through Jesus' blood, you're forgiven. And so He makes us free, but we want to keep ourselves in bondage. We don't walk around like a, a slave to the sin. But we don't have to. Just like Paul said to Philemon, put that on mine account. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, yes, they're lost. Yes, they were a sinner. Yes, they deserve hell. But put that on mine account. I gave my blood for them. I paid for them. Put that on mine account. I'm glad of that today. Can you imagine if we didn't have that account with Jesus? If we didn't have that available to us, you know what would happen? One day we would stand before a righteous and holy God and we would be cast into an outer lake of fire into the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing and wailing and, and, and gnashing of teeth where their worm dieth not, the Bible says. Oh, but we don't have to worry about that. Father, put that on my account. He's no longer a slave. She's no longer a slave. He's no longer a thief. He's no, she's no longer a liar. They're no longer bound for hell. But they are ours now. They belong to us. Their sin debt has been paid. Put, <laughs> put it on my account. Charge it to me. I'm the one responsible. If you remember when we read verse 11... And I ask you to, to think about that. It said, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Once Onesimus becomes saved, he was no longer an unprofitable servant. But now he has become profitable, not only to Paul in the ministry, but he's going to be profitable to his, to his master Philemon. And he can come to him and, oh, can you imagine what that homecoming must have been like? You know that Onesimus was, had to be worried about all this stuff. And Paul gives him that letter or he sends that letter to his, to his master with all these things written down in it. Can you imagine when he walked, <laughs> when he walked in there and his master said, I forgive you. I take you in as one of mine. I love you. Can you imagine that's what God did for us? We wasn't worthy of it. <laughs> we should have, by all means, come up to the door and say, God, and He should have slammed that door shut and said, you don't belong here. You don't deserve any of this. But God didn't do that. He said, welcome in. Welcome in. You're forgiven. Oh, friends. Once we're saved, and only once we are saved, we become profitable. No longer in bondage. 
no longer bound for hell and destruction. Oh, thank God today. Praise Jesus for it. I'm going to ask Brother Scott to come and get an invitation song. Listen, I don't know what, uh, what your heart is like. I can only tell you about my own personal salvation, my relationship with the Lord Jesus, but you know. You know if you're saved or not. God knows. Maybe you need, maybe you're in a backslidden condition. Maybe you need to uh, come and, and ask the Lord to forgive you and to get that closeness back. I don't, I don't know. But as, uh, as I pray, and I want us to please stand if you're able to stand. And I'm going to pray, and if you need help today, if you need to come to the altar for any reason, whether it's for a backslidden condition or salvation or whatever it is, I'm going to ask you to come down as, as I'm praying. And I'll pray with you if you want me to. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you today thanking you so much for the message. Lord, oh, what a mighty God that we serve. God, thank you so much for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you so much for the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. God, thank you so much that Jesus is our mediator. God, thank you for keeping us from hell today. Oh, God, thank you so much for this privilege to stand here behind this pulpit, God, and deliver your word. God, I'm nothing. I'm just a worm. But, God, thank you so much that you've given us this opportunity. Lord, if there's one today that's here in this building, God, that needs help today, would would they make this today? God, would you convict them? through the Holy Spirit, that they need to make things right today. Whatever it may be, God, help them. Oh, Lord, help them. Lord, if there's one listening to this over Facebook, Sermon Audio, YouTube, uh, wherever it may be broadcast, God, I'm praying today that you'll convict their heart. God, that they'll turn to you for salvation, God. Help them today. Oh, Lord, don't leave. let us leave here being unprofitable. Help us, Father. We'll give you praise and honor and glory for it all. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and amen.